Welcome to Healing Your Families. I help parents go from frustration, stress, and overwhelm to calm, confidence, and joy so they can achieve the quality of family life that they desire. And my guest today has some really helpful information for, for women. You know, when we become a better person, we become a better parent. So learning how to manage our own emotions and mindset are key. And Linda Ann Stewart does exactly that. She's a focus coach with Heart Vision Consulting. Linda Ann, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here and I'm excited to hear. Well, first of all, I want to know how you became a focus coach. And I'll be honest, you're the first one I've met. <laughs> um, my background is a hypnotherapist. I've been a hypnotherapist for over 30 years. And um, what's interesting is most people don't realize that hypnosis is simply focusing your attention. So about 10 years ago, I transitioned from my hypnotherapy practice into doing business coaching. And I recognize that a lot of women especially have trouble staying focused because we are essentially trained to keep several balls in the air. We have motherhood, we have family, we have children, we have our business, we have our, you know, where we're working, whatever, all these different things that are going on. And so it's hard for women really to, when they get into work or when they um, are working on their business to stay focused on one thing. So when I work with someone, we just work with them getting focused, getting clear, making sure their mindset's appropriate, uh, and stay, getting and staying focused on what the most important things are for them to be doing in their business. So that was my kind of my transition into this. I love the background. You know, I, I also studied hypnosis. I'm, I'm a consulting hypnotist. I, I haven't, you, you've probably had a lot more training than I have. But it's amazing the power of the human mind. We don't appreciate how powerful our mind is and how we can use it. And I liked what you were saying because it sounds like a young mother who also wants to have a business, mm -hmm. you would be able to help her. And talk a little bit more about focus. So do you mean just doing one thing at a time? Just being intentional? Yes, all of the above. <laughs> because it all goes in together. Um, because when you are, let's, let's say you're working on a project and you're being interrupted every few minutes. They've done studies where it takes between, I don't know, between 15 and 30 minutes to get refocused on what you were doing, to kind of gather your thoughts together, to start kind of gaining momentum again and getting going again just about the time you're interrupted again. So that's one thing I help them with is, is, okay, set aside a certain amount of time because the more we, the more we are distracted and or look for distractions because the brain loves distractions. It loves to go check the phone, check the email because it lights up the reward circuits of the brain. So we're actually kind of geared to, oh, let me, let me go do something new. So I've, I help them learn how to 
regain the skill of focusing because the more you're distracted, you are training yourself to seek distractions. And so it becomes harder and harder to focus on one thing at a time. So if you can, if you're trained to be distracted, you can train yourself to be focused. So that's one of the things that I work with with my clients is to train them to set aside, okay, let's start expanding the amount of time that you can focus on one thing. That is powerful. I really like that. So I'm curious, what is your opinion of multitasking? You know, you hear some people <laughs> insist, oh, it's the best way to do things, but others. It, it's a myth. <laughs> it's a giant myth. Because when you're multitasking, you're actually, you're not actually doing several things at once. You are having to, your mind has to switch between the tasks. And that's exhausting, especially again, because when you're focusing, you're focusing on one thing. If you're switching from one task to the next, to the next, to the next, you're never really moving much forward. You feel like you're progressing. You feel like you're getting a lot done, but you really aren't. All you are doing is switching from thing to thing and you're doing, you're, you're essentially doing busy work. So it really is. And I know of people who are, teach multitasking tasking and we have had words on it <laughs> well, we've had definite disagrees disagreements <laughs> well I, the statement i've heard is even more blatant it says multitasking is a lie it is and 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 i can see now you know that's a good example as you're right you would be reducing it to busy work and the thing is with women because of all of our responsibilities we actually have a little bit of a, an advantage to do some sort of multitasking when we are in the home, you know, taking care of the kids, washing dishes, uh, taking care of dinner, whatever. But those are actually low, what they call low cognitive tasks in that you don't have to pay that much attention to how each one is done. A lot of them are kind of automatic. The problem with multitasking really comes in when they're higher cognitive tasks where you're ha having to think things through. Oh, I appreciate that distinction because I'm thinking of, you know, working on a project on my computer, hearing the laundry, you know, the mm -hmm. bell go off, going and changing the load of laundry and then coming right back. So, yeah, that's not the same thing as writing out your notes for your presentation Mm -hmm. while you're writing up your business report. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Or trying to write out your, your presentation while somebody keeps calling you. Because every, every time you get called, your focus gets interrupted. Your train of thought, if you want to look at it this way, gets interrupted and you get set back. And so every time you get set back, you're having to kind of build the momentum again, gather your thoughts, move forward, and then you get interrupted again. So you get a little bit done but not nearly as much as you would if you were actually able to have a span of time to work on it. Now, what would be your recommendation for a young mother with preschool children who is, well, anything? It could be finishing her degree, you know, writing her mm -hmm. thesis or, or trying to start a business or just you know, some form of self-improvement on what would help her to maintain that focus, still be the wonderful mother she wants to be 
and yet focus enough to get a task completed? Um, set aside a certain amount of time if uh, when you can have time when the kids are at school or when they're on nap or whatever, taking the time available to you and then maximizing that amount of time. And also the other thing that I would recommend now, granted, I have never had children. However, I had a good set of parents <laughs> and I saw other parents boundaries, even with kids is really, really important. You know, oh. with my mother, she was an, she was an art, she was an art teacher. And when she was teaching art in our dying in our Dan, I was not allowed to, to interrupt her. So that sort of thing. So you essentially train the kids. I'm available here, but I'm not here. Ooh, I love that. I also like the way you explained. I, I, I don't have children, but I was a child. You know, sometimes people dismiss, how could you possibly know if you don't have children? But you do know you were a child. And I love the example of your mother, too. You know, think about it. The whole goal of parenting is to raise an independent, self-sufficient adult mm -hmm. who isn't always needing you to take care of everything. Mm -hmm. So setting those boundaries, yeah. just explaining, you know, this is what's happening. It sounds like your mother made it clear when this is happening in this area, this is what is expected of you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, it's really important because when you're doing that, when you're setting those boundaries, you're teaching your children that they also can have boundaries. Ooh, now that's huge. Huge. It's huge. For, in every area, if you want to talk about this, it's in every area, you know, of, of their lives, learning that they can have boundaries, that boundaries are not only, uh, impair, not only important, but they're imperative. Yes. Yes. And I love also providing the most effective way we teach our children is through our example. Mm -hmm. So providing examples of using healthy boundaries mm -hmm. and also providing that example of setting a goal and reaching it. Now, mm -hmm. do you get much into setting goal setting? That's a lot of what I do because even with my hypnotherapy practice, it was all about setting a goal, but also having a vision for that goal as essentially where did you want to end up with that goal within, let's say, a year or two years? Because I discovered if you didn't have that vision, a lot of times the subconscious mind was going to have its way with us because it likes to set goals. The brain is a goal achievement machine, so it loves goals. And so we it would if if somebody didn't have a vision, they would essentially backslide. So having a vision of where you want to go, that's, again, goal setting and then how to achieve those goals is a lot of what I do with my clients. You know, I think, sadly, a lot of times you know, if they're going through that phase where they're just a, quote, stay at home mother, you know, they're not, mm -hmm. they're just focused on caring for their children. And they may think, well, I'm not working, I'm not going to school, I don't need to set goals. But you just pointed out. <laughs> the fallacy in that thinking. Goals are necessary. Goals, when uh, being able to achieve goals, improves your self-esteem. Oh, I like Because you start one. believing in yourself. You start trusting yourself. Again, self-trust. 
uh, self-confidence. And then because self-esteem tends to be about how we think and feel about ourselves. Yes. And it does kind of go up and down with circumstances. And we can also have esteem ourselves in one part of life, say in the home, but not in another part of the of life, such as in business or vice versa. Okay, so what recommendations would you have for the woman who doesn't have any confidence? Who, how okay. do you have exercises to build? Self-esteem? Yeah, because the, the self-esteem is slightly different from self-worth. Self-esteem, like I said, goes up and down with circumstances. Yes, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say, please explain that. <laughs> already are explaining it, so I, go ahead. So self-worth is actually more foundational. It is more about your core beliefs about yourself, whether you deserve good, whether you are worthy of love, how, whether you are deserving of being valued or you value yourself. Self-worth is not affected by external circumstances. So she, you can't go out and do something and build your self-worth. So there's, they're slightly different. Okay. All right. And we, let me yeah. make sure I understand this. Yeah. So self-worth is more, you said foundational. So that's what you, you believe, you're, whether or not you believe that you're worthy and deserving. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change with the outside circumstance. Is right. that something that's rooted in the subconscious? Yes. Usually through a lot of the, uh, what you learned as a child about yourself, um, what you believed about yourself. So it was grown from childhood. The good news is you can also improve it as an adult, but you can't do it by going out and accomplishing things. Okay. Okay. It's working more within. Okay. Yeah. So sticking with self-worth just a little bit longer than I want to get back to self-esteem. So how can, you know, and there are, I mean, in the best of all possible worlds, every child would be loved and welcomed and, and cared for. And we know that doesn't happen. Yeah. So they can, even as an adult, even if they had a horrible, horrible childhood, they can still, as an adult, improve their self-worth through how, how would, how would they do that? Well, one of the ways is there's uh, something called self-compassion. And what that is, is learning to treat yourself kindly and compassionately. Because usually if we have a low self-worth, we have a very active and very nasty inner critic. And that inner critic will always be criticizing you, hence the name critic, or judging you and always talking you down. And so self-compassion is to learn to be able to learn to stand up to that inner critic and instead of agreeing with it, saying, hold on, no, you know, I don't deserve that kind of self-talk, in other words, and treating yourself compassionately in that, okay, I might have done something wrong, but I've learned from it and I can move on from that. So putting it in perspective, so not being wrong, but I did something that was not necessarily maybe up to my, my standards. Yeah. So treating yourself compassionately. And, I, and 
we get a little bit further, I do have three, three or four things that you can, three things that you can do to start really building, uh, being kind, how you can be kind to yourself. Now, I've worked with clients where I was using hypnosis yes. to help them. And that's what you were going. Okay. Well, actually, no, that's not actually where I was going. But that actually, the you in my practice, I had three specialties. One was stress management. The second one was self-esteem, self-worth, and self-confidence. And the third was success programming. So I've worked a lot with people on self-worth, self-esteem, and self-confidence issues. A lot. Yes. So it's, it's essentially starting to reshape the subconscious mind. And remember, whenever you're doing self-talk, that's uh, essentially waking hypnosis. Yes. So you, yes you are, if, yeah. Yeah. So you're just affirming or giving yourself positive suggestions that the more you're able to give them, give them to yourselves, self, um, then the more they'll start to implant with the subconscious so yeah and affirmations affirmations are essentially the same thing okay. i mean they're, they're the, you know the, the the terms are sort of in, in my world interchangeable yes yes <laughs> yes okay so that's how we're addressing self-worth mm -hmm. and self-esteem you said is dependent more on your circumstances so you could have a wonderful day where you're nice, high self-esteem, and then mm -hmm. a, a no good, rotten, horrible day, and your self-esteem just plummets. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, when you, uh, let's say you expect that you're going to have this wonderful um, dinner, but then the chicken, uh, it burns. <laughs> and all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I'm a terrible cook. The sauce won't thicken. But... Exactly. Exactly. There's no ice. <laughs> and so what we do is we take that one little thing and we go way overboard with it and we start beating ourselves up about it. And so we don't value ourselves, which esteem has to do with value and respect. So we don't value and respect ourselves. So we start, you know, it just starts going down. <laughs> but if we have a a decent self-worth will be able to stop that and go, hold on, this is one incident, it's one situation, it's one circumstance, this is not my whole life. Yeah. So the other thing that we work with self-worth is mindfulness, essentially observing those negative thoughts, those negative reactions without judgment, just essentially going, hmm, isn't that interesting? So realizing that the that critical voice that inner critic inner judge isn't really trying to harm you it's trying to help in an outdated way i like the way you put that because it, it it's it's its role is to help but it was based on the way that we were um parented as a child whether it was teachers, whether it was caregivers, if they were critical. So this inner critic is simply echoing them to try to help us stay within the guidelines of where we were, uh, of what they would, would have been acceptable to them. Except they're long gone. They're no longer in our lives. 
but that inner critic is still trying to protect us from the damaging criticism we might have gotten from the teachers or caregivers or whoever. And so recognizing that that inner critic is not a bad guy. It's simply trying to help in a way that we have definitely outgrown. Now so we're okay. adults. Yeah, exactly. So when those negative thoughts come up, those criticism, negative criticisms, it's like, okay, wait a minute. That was then. I don't need that anymore. I'm a grown up now. I can make decisions for myself and I don't need to be battered, verbally battered for making a mistake. It's, you know, you, you think about the way you talk to yourself, you know, and then you think, would I ever talk to someone I cared about yes. like this? Would I ever talk to a friend like this? Exactly. We're exactly. Really, we're really hard on ourselves. You know, I, I, my observation has been we can go through a day and night we do we complete 19 tasks just perfectly right and then we make one mistake or one not quite done as well and we will harp on the one <laughs> that will be the only thing of the day and that will be the whole mood of the day yeah exactly and that's not helpful no it is not helpful whatsoever all right and that that's when you can kind of step back and go hold on <laughs> okay so what can I learn from this? And once that learning is, is taken, you've figured out what, okay, what can I do better next time? Then you can tell that voice, thank you very much. You've done your job. Goodbye. Yeah. Your services are no longer required. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Now you also mentioned that we can improve self-esteem by achieving. And I know but, you know, a, a realistic goal. A realistic goal, exactly. Something that's realistic that we, we believe that we can do because uh, as we are able to accomplish something small, we can then expand to start to do something uh, that kind of takes us out of our comfort zone then. Okay. Like, for example, you're starting a new workout routine. And rather than saying, I'm going to jog five miles today, you may start out with, I'm going to go for a walk, that sort of thing. That's what I would recommend for my, my uh, hypnotherapy clients and what I recommend for my coaching clients. Start out with something bite size, small baby steps. And once you've accomplished that and you've kind of gotten that into a habit, then you expand it a little bit. So let's say you go for a walk for five, five minutes. So once you've done that for a week or two weeks and you've gotten into the habit of that, you've been able to fit, fit it into your schedule, expand it to 10 minutes. Again, waiting for another couple of weeks, maybe expand it to 15 minutes. And that way you're able to build on your successes and feel accomplished. And every time you have that taste of success, mm -hmm. yes, I did it, then. That built your self-esteem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I really agree with that. I have seen many instances, uh, not only in the classroom, but mm -hmm. in life. And just knowing that as we learn and grow, that builds our self-esteem. Exactly. 
we, we learn to believe in ourselves and trust ourselves. That's it. Trusting ourselves because the more, and the more you are able to keep your promises to yourselves, to yourself and to others, the more that builds your self-esteem and your self-worth. Oh, yeah. All right. So in the five minutes we have left, tell me, how do you help clients? Do you do group instruction, individual coaching? Tell me about your services. Okay. Well, first, can I, can I give my three things about how to be kind to, your, kind to oh, yourself? Please do. Yes. Okay. And this comes from an article I wrote some time ago about be kind to yourself for more success that can be found on my website. But you, number one, you self positive self-talk. So instead of telling yourself something, uh, tearing yourself down, telling yourself, say, it's okay, I'll do better next time. Number two is when you make a mistake, you encourage yourself. You treat yourself, like you said, as if you're a good friend. You are understanding of what happened and why it did. Realizing the mistakes are the way that we learn. And then number three, write three things that you appreciate about yourself every single day. So whatever it is that you appreciate, you appreciate about yourself, things that you've done right in your world, things that you, uh, you just value about yourself, uh, things, it may be uh, the way that you treat your children. It may be the way you fold the clothes. It, you know, it may be some, but something that you appreciate about yourself that shows that you support yourself. And so those are the three ways that you can start being kind to yourself and that will start building that self-worth. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that. Now tell Oh, make how sure I work with clients. In, <laughs> make sure you get in your website. So how, how do people reach you? Um, my website is www.linda-annstewart.com. So L-I-N-D-A-N-N-S-T-E-W-A-R-T.com. And on the website, there is a um, free articles page. And there's a lot of articles on there. And I've got several articles having to do with self-esteem, a lot having to do with personal development, a lot having to do with goals. So there's, there's a lot of articles there and they're not fluff articles. Most of them have specific steps that you can take of how to improve your life. So that's it's just free on your website. That's free on my website. Absolutely. Um, and the way I work with clients is um, I will have a consultation with them. And see where they are with their business uh, to see whether I can actually help them or not. Because there's some people that if they're just real startups, they really haven't gotten the momentum going for me to really help them because they need to know where they're going. But I can help them with their vision because that is one of the things that I help people with. We get clarity. I work with, we work with their vision. We make sure that their mindset is in alignment. Like you said, is it, um, do you believe it's possible? Are you, and the mindset is not just positive thinking. It's the way you believe what you believe about yourself, the world, your business, about everything. So where's your mindset in this situation? And then we, uh, I get them uh, identify what their priorities are. So in business, priority is always going to be, where are you making your money? How's the way, how do you, how do you get your clients in? How do you get your customers in? That's where your, your priority has got to be. And then how to stay focused, making sure that you stay focused. And I also, I do 
uh, train my people how to do visualization. And a lot of people don't do it correctly and they don't get a lot of res results from it. But I train them how to do visualization to make their days flow, day flow more easily and also to uh, improve their ability to follow their priorities. So those are the things that I work with with my clients as well as and with women, it's always working with self-esteem and self-worth at some point. You know, that we seem to struggle with that. So you're, you're mainly yeah. working with them one-on-one. -on -one. You don't really do group coaching. No, I do. I do groups. Uh, I, I have a workshop. I don't have one scheduled right now, but I do a workshop that is essentially for, especially for women who um, tend to get scattered and chase squirrels, shiny objects. And so it's a, it's a four-hour workshop that then leads directly into a three-month mastermind so that they stay focused. Because as we both know, with the hypnotherapy, that it takes three months to create a new habit. Yes. So in the mastermind, they're, I'm, we're, they're staying focused on what their, what their vision is and what they want to accomplish in that three months. That sounds powerful. I also want to point out that you are on LinkedIn. So they could just look, mm -hmm. look up Linda hyphen Ann Stewart on LinkedIn and then your website. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Linda. This has been valuable content. I appreciate it. And to my audience, make sure you join us again next week at the same time. And remember that let, let's make the world a better place by strengthening families. I'm Emma Lou Penrod at healingyourfamilies.com.